0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. That's IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at IPA and your host for this episode. Today's episode features my conversation with Lisa St. Clair and Michelle Harris as part of National Small Business Week. Lisa St. Clair is the president and CEO of Tailbangers, a dog treat bakery based in Millsboro, Delaware, that produces fresh, healthy dog treats made exclusively from U.S. sourced ingredients. Lisa founded Tailbangers in 2003, and she was named the 2022 Delaware Small Business Person of the Year. Michelle Harris is the District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration's Delaware office, a role she assumed in February 2022. Earlier in her career, she was Regional Assistance Division Manager for the U.S. Department of Transportation Office of Small and Disadvantaged Business Utilization, an SBA Lead Business Opportunity Specialist, and Executive Director for the State of Delaware's Office of Supplier Diversity. On May 2nd, 2022, I spoke with Lisa and Michelle about the growth of tailbangers, as well as the personal characteristics, business practices, and public-private partnerships that can help make business success a reality. Let's get to the conversation. Lisa and Michelle, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Sure. Thank you for having us.
0: So it's great to talk with you during National Small Business Week, and I wanted to start first with congratulations. So Lisa, congratulations on being named Delaware Small Business Person of the Year. Thank you. And I wonder if you could give us a little sense of what that recognition means to you.
2: Well, definitely took me by surprise. I actually teared up when I got the news. I was actually away at a trade show in California, and I got a phone call. It's a big accomplishment for me personally, but for us as a company more than anything. It's just kind of a testament just sticking to it.
0: And Michelle, from your vantage point, this is one of three individual awards, if, if I read it right. What importance do you see in terms of celebrating the success stories?
1: I think it's important that the community understands the success that our small business owners have achieved. It really takes a lot to start a business, but it takes even more to grow that business because there's ups and there's downs and there's hurdles that our small business owners really go through. And so for us, it's really my pleasure to highlight tailbangers and the other two awardees this year Because they have come through a lot and especially coming out of COVID for our small businesses that have survived. Now they're looking to thrive. And I'm just happy to be a part of that celebration to honor the hard work that they have put in in growing their business and making it the success that it is.
0: And you spoke to the journey and kind of testament to a long kind of journey here, Lisa. And I wonder. If you could go back to the beginning, and my sense is it started with you as a dog lover and being interested in this at a personal level, when did it translate to, hey, this might be a viable business opportunity?
2: Pretty much from the beginning. Yeah, it started out because I'm a dog lover and my dog got sick and I started researching what was allowed to go in dog food and dog treats. And I grew up making chocolate. And my mom owned a bakery, so I I knew that aspect of the business. And then I'd gone to school for culinary arts at Johnson & Wales, so I kind of combined all those things and came out with the dog treats that we're making now.
0: So it was 2003, if I have it right, that you formally organized as a business?
2: Yes, I started... By going to craft shows and street fairs and things like that, I started with a rolling pin at my countertop. My dogs named the company because their tails would bang against the kitchen island when I was making the dog treats. So we named the company Tailbangers.
0: You started out going to craft shows. Were you a formal business at that point or just kind of trying it out and experimenting a bit?
2: No, no, no. We, I went into it planning on, I was already trying to figure out my shelf life. We were doing our demographic studies, just trying to see, did it sell in Virginia? Did it sell in New York? Did it sell in Chicago? And I was figuring out our capacity. We were sending off our recipes to be tested and analyzed and getting all of our ducks in order. Pretty much within a year and a half, we started selling to stores. And I got my first, my first order was $13,000. And I didn't know if that was a big order or a little order. I was like, if this is the first order that I ever got, like, what if somebody else does this to me? You know, I was so afraid somebody else would come along. But no, that was a really huge order at the time. And then we wound up getting in with Concord Pet. They had a 13 store account. It was a local company. And I went there pretty much every week trying to get them to put my dog treats in their stores. And finally, they gave me a meeting and we got in there. And then about a year later, I was able to secure Pet Supplies Plus, which is my largest account. And then we just kind of went from there where I did trade shows. And we've never had a salesperson, just me, pretty much word of mouth got a really good reputation both our products and our customer service.
0: So it sounds like you took a pretty like seasoned approach from the start in terms of doing your market analysis things like that. Had you had a small business experience before that you're bringing to the table?
2: No, but I was raised by two entrepreneurs, so I think it's in your blood. I definitely think it's, you know, like firemen, people that have firemen for parents they become firemen. People that have school teachers sometimes become school teachers. And for me, it was just always seeing that my parents had their own businesses. My dad was a builder and my mom owned a chocolate company. So, and she still owns a chocolate company. She's 79 and she's still going strong.
0: So a lot of good examples in your blood a bit. Was there advice you were getting like formally or informally as you started? People were saying you need to do this or that or watch out for this.
2: My dad was always banging on just say yes, just say yes, figure out how you're going to do it later, you know, so that's pretty much my approach. I'll go after it, not knowing how I'm going to how I'm going to make it happen. But it always seems to come together in the end.
0: And 19 years later, it seems like you're you're on the right path here. And pretty quickly, it seemed like you needed a bigger kitchen, so to speak. So, you know, your namesake, the dogs weren't wagging the tail in the cabinets and things like that. And you had this $13,000 order to, to fulfill and maybe more in the future. How did you go about getting the capital you needed to, to make those expansion opportunities happen?
2: In the very beginning, I had a business partner. and and honestly, if it wasn't for her, this would probably be a, a glorified hobby because she just was, she definitely has more of the mindset for money. And she was definitely the brains of, of the money part. So what what we did was I had a house, but I didn't have any equity in my house. So we used the equity in her house to get our initial funding. And then after about five years, she I bought her out, but she stayed on and she still manages the books. So <laughs> I got to keep her even though and she's one of my best friends. And then when I bought her out, I bought her out with an SBA loan. And then about nine years ago, we got a commercial loan from our bank to purchase the the building that we're operating out of now that is tailbangers. And now, just last year, I was able to get the Excite loan from the Economic Development Office. We got a huge loan for $1.69, I don't know, almost $1.7 million, which allowed us to purchase equipment, refinance our existing building, and buy the buildings on 113 that I was renting for the past five years.
0: And if I have it right, the Site Sussex program is something in partnership with SBA.
2: Yes. It's Delaware puts up half the money and the the SBA puts up the other half of the money. And even in the midst of COVID, they still came to me. I was like, I can't even believe that, that this is still even an option right now. And We worked all through COVID. That was, we were considered essential because we work in the dog food industry. We only shut down for two weeks and the rest of the time we worked the whole time through COVID.
0: And in terms of demand, I know there was a lot of coworkers that I had who would show up with new pets on Zoom. We would see their new pets. So seemed like the, the demand for that kind of companionship only grew over the pandemic. What did you experience in terms of demand?
2: We couldn't keep up. We were short-staffed, obviously. I have a lot of older people that work for me that, you know, maybe they retired from their regular job and now they get a second job. So none of those people did I ask to come back to work during the throes of the pandemic. We had a limited staff, but we worked six days a week for about a year and a half. We just never stopped.
0: And uh, Michelle, I want to bring you into the conversation a little here in terms of when you hear Lisa's story, how is SBA looking to be engaged and support as you go through the launching to growing the business?
1: So one of the ways that We support the growth of small businesses from start through their entire growth cycle is we partner with local partners on the ground. We partner with our chambers of commerce. We partner with our resource partners, which are our women's business centers, our small business development center, now a new program called the Community Navigator Program. And so we partner with these organizations because they are directly linked to our small businesses you know, all of your county economic development offices, they know where the small businesses are and they're really tapped into the small businesses. And through our partnership with them, we can come to the table and support the capital needs of these small businesses. You know, as Lisa shared, how we were able to help her during some of the the changes in her business structure and how we were able to help tailbangers when they needed a bigger space, a more commercial space, allowing her to expand, which is going to allow her to be a bigger employer and hire additional employees, which is going to have a huge economic impact. And so those are some of the ways that the small business can small business administration, excuse me, helps small businesses really grow from start and idea really through every step of their iteration of a small business. You know, once you hit One goal, it may be time to think about, does this business structure work for me? And and if it doesn't, how do I change that? And if I need capital to change that, how do I do that? And so we come right in and meet the small businesses where they are and help them continue on the path that they envision for that business.
0: And Lisa, how has like kind of thinking of yourself as a small business, how has that changed over time? I mean, it started out with you and a partner, it sounds like. What's kind of the size and scope of things now?
2: Well, you know, when I moved down here, I I had moved to Sussex County like the year before I started the company. My background is in the restaurant business and when I moved here I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to start my business. I'm going to make this idea work. Really, I I was mostly thinking about paying my own mortgage at the time, you know. But now I'm helping 50 people pay their mortgages. It's pretty amazing like as a small business owner one of the coolest things is that you know I've brought all of my management staff has come up pretty much from within the company and they've grown and I've helped them to learn how to like do things like how how to fix their credit and be able to qualify to get buy a house and you know what I mean things like that and they look at what we're doing. And they realize that pretty much they can do it too. You know, one thing about tailbangers is we are the American dream. I mean, it started with a rolling pin and an idea. And now we're in over 3000 stores around the country. We've been in business 19 years. Dogs have been born and passed away eating my treats, you know? So it's pretty amazing what a group of people believing in an idea, in a concept, in, in, in a business, and it brings it to life.
0: And you mentioned kind of a really hands-on start. I mean, going to craft shows, i imagine you know, I can see you standing there <laughs> talking to people, selling the things To I saw e-commerce is a sizable part of your business now. I mean, What has some of that transition been like in terms of the learning curve and just how it's like scaled up demand for your products?
2: I got in with Pet Supplies Plus pretty early on. So they made me grow up as a company a lot faster than I probably would have had I just not had such a big corporate account. So I was introduced to things like EDI and things like that. We had to build back doors into our websites. And we never had a retail website until COVID happened. We were building one and then COVID happened. And I was like, well, let's launch it now because you know, people aren't coming out of their houses. We we could at least ship direct to their homes. But another funny thing that's happened since the pandemic is the camping industry has taken off. And we found, I've always camped. And one of the things I noticed was that all these campgrounds now, there's dog parks, and there's dog washes, and there's all these things at campgrounds that they're including this member of your family in the camping experience, but the general store didn't have anything in their stores for pets. So we've the past couple of years been selling to the campgrounds and i just got that from two trade shows out in california and arizona that were for campgrounds so just these different transitions it's it's it, there's always something new happening you know i mean i'm not very good at the whole tiktok thing yet but one thing about our products is that people love to take pictures of their dogs eating our treats that's like a thing so if I ever get better at the TikTok thing, maybe we'll go viral one day. But
0: <laughs> you know. yeah, that's a good goal to have. I could see. Start with <laughs> Instagram, maybe. What are some evolution of of your business that you're looking to pursue in the short term? I saw uh, that you were looking for some certifications, for example, that were going to you know expose you to new markets.
2: Last year, we, we've we always been a women-owned business, but I never went and did all the things necessary to become certified until last year. So we are a certified women-owned business, and we are getting our SQF certification once our new building is up. I hired an SQF practitioner. So that's someone that you hire just to make sure you keep everything in order and that you are compliant. And SQF certification basically is saying that our facility is at standards of a human manufacturing food plant. And in order to get in the door at at a place, like like at a club, like any kind of a, like a Sam's club or a Costco or a big box store, you would have to have those kinds of certifications. So in anticipation of possibly going that road, we just sent out samples today to a big box store. So that would be an avenue that we want to pursue with just a couple of just one, really one of our treats. We've diversified with the campgrounds and not just showing up in pet stores. And we're going to be opening a retail store right here on the on the highway locally that we'll be able to do the bakery tours and things like that again and have it be kind of a destination spot to bring your dog.
0: How much of this did you envision when you started?
2: I see crazy things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if I don't run out of time on this earth to get all the things that I want to happen with tailbangers, I could not have imagined that we would be this big and that we would be the small business of the year this year. I didn't see that, but I'm always seeing what I want to do next. And if I can pull it off, this is going to be a really fun destination to bring your dog.
0: And I have one last question for you both, the same question, and we'll start with you, Michelle. For those listening who may be thinking of starting a business, what would you say about how and where to start?
1: I would say... On our website, sba.gov, and under resources, you want to find our resource partners. You want to find where our women's business centers are. You want to find where our small business development center is. You want to get hooked into our newest program, which is the Community Navigator Program. These resource partners are funded by SBA, and they are really there to take you from thought to execution, first step and through every iteration of your business from then on. In addition to that, you have many chambers of commerce throughout the state of Delaware that also are there to help entrepreneurs think through that thought process of starting a business. And then every county has an economic development office as well. But as far as the SBA is concerned, you really want to get hooked into our local boots on the ground resource partners that can sit down and navigate you, take what I call. Holding your hand from beginning to end, license, tax requirements, business structure, the whole alphabet suit of starting a business and getting you connected to the right referral so that you start everything correctly and you have all the information you need. I would say that's where the SBA is as far as developing entrepreneurship. And then, of course, access to capital. Resource partners can really get you ready to get the capital that you need to actually launch your business.
0: And Lisa, from your perspective, how and where should someone start?
2: Honestly, just start. So many people wait until things are perfect, and things still aren't perfect at tailbangers. You know, if I had waited for perfect, perfection's the enemy of the good. Just start, you know, and you'll, just keep self-correcting course correcting and that's pretty much what you do you know you just just start
0: (laughs) well perfect sentiment to end on and thanks for sharing you know part of your ongoing success story with tailbangers lisa and thank you for joining me michelle congratulations again lisa i appreciate you joining me
2: thank you very much thank you for having us
0: This episode was presented as part of the ongoing Delaware Founders Stories series, a collection of conversations focused on the journeys of underrepresented and underestimated entrepreneurs. To learn more about tailbangers, visit tailbangers.com. To connect with the Small Business Administration, visit sba.gov and navigate to the Delaware District Office. For more information on the Institute for Public Administration, visit ipa.udel.edu. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to First State Insights and tune in again soon. Take care.